kissed Lauren Hutton on both cheeks and made my descent. Erwin Cole had the look of a studio boss. Flawless tan, silver hair, blue cashmere blazer, an open white linen shirt, no gold. Buff nails and black Italian loafers made from fine buttery leather. Nothing bumpkinish about his sartorial style. He was sharp. I knew he wouldn't be thrilled to see a face from Denver, but I pretended not to notice the conspicuous breach of his marital contract. And when he finally resigned himself to the indisputable fact of my presence, he worked up an almost genuine smile. Willie Talbert, I'll be damned. Irwin, going into the tinsel business? Just testing the waters. How are you? Great. Still writing. You famous yet? Seems you are. Irwin turned to the man on his right. Handsome kid, huh, Henry? If Irwin bought my charade, Henry Bloomstein did not. He was a producer, although I couldn't connect any films to his name, and after Irwin introduced us, he quickly returned to the wine list to avoid giving me a conversational opening. How's your pop, Irwin continued. I want to get him to Arizona to play golf. Dad's fine. He and Geneva spent a lot of time in Mexico. Dad wasn't a jet-setter like Irwin, but I must have made him sound like one because Bloomstein lifted his nose to give me a second sniff. Gosh, I never sent a wedding gift. Uh, how long has it been? Almost a year ago. That long? Irwin turned toward Veronica. Remind me to get them something. If he wanted me to think they were linked in a professional way, forget it. Whoever she was, she was no gal Friday. Irwin was slow with an introduction, but after he came across with it, I addressed the waiter by name, a detail not lost on Bloomstein, and ordered champagne. It was a grand gesture, grander than I would have liked to make, but it was the only way I could stay at the table. Veronica seemed enthralled. Was I a young Irwin? There was nothing in my demeanor or dress to say I wasn't. My Armani suit, a hand-me-down from my best friend Edgar, was worth more than my battered station wagon. And my Hermes tie was elegant without being brash, implying just the right amount of rakishness. For the moment, I was golden. I can't say I was surprised Irwin was pitching a movie. He'd always been theatrical, and showbiz was a natural evolution. His story was a buddy yarn about robbing a casino in Las Vegas, sort of... Butch Cassidy meets Ocean's Eleven. Redford and Newman explode a bomb at Caesars. Naturally, nobody gets hurt. Our aging but still virile heroes phone to say another bomb has been planted and demand ten million bucks. They must be gaga. They can't get the swag out. But Paul and Robert outsmart everyone insist on being paid in diamonds, which they strap on to carrier pigeons. It wasn't a bad plot. Not too terrible. Not the picaresque way Irwin told it, with the high-kicking showgirls, the fickle roll of the dice, the despondent honeymooners pawning their wedding rings, the crazed poker player whose wife and baby live in their Buick, the cleaned-out geezer who ties the trigger of his shotgun to his hotel room door handle so the maid will blow his brains out, and Siegfried and Roy. Irwin Cole didn't know you didn't just jitterbug into Hollywood with the hokey, half-baked idea and then check out with a fat wad of jack. But it seemed that was exactly what the silky, smooth master of the schmooze was going to do. Bloomstein, now giddy on my champagne, gushed that with himself attached, the studio would give him a development deal. All he needed was a treatment. 
Erwin had no idea what Henry was talking about, so I explained that a treatment was a story outline, 10 to 15 pages, a repeat of the spiel Erwin had so skillfully just delivered. What does a writer get for a treatment? Erwin asked. Maybe 5,000 for an A-list writer, said Henry. But I know some name writers who might do it for less, much less. Why not let Willie do it? The muscles in Bloomstein's face spasmed. Name was the operative word, and I wasn't one. I, uh, I need to see some of his work, Veronica teased. I'm sure he'll do fine. I'd love to give it a try. Really? I shouldn't have been so anxious, but I would have poodle-humped his leg if necessary. Bloomstein didn't respond. Instead, he stuffed more pasta into his prissy mouth. This seed money comes from the producer? quizzed Irwin. Sometimes. But if he writes it, you'd pay. With the studios, you only get one shot. And if the treatment isn't top-notch, well... Now that his wallet was involved, Irwin held me at closer scrutiny, and I felt myself shrinking in his estimation. Henry, he said finally, since our movie is about gambling, let's flip for Willie. Bloomstein knew he'd seem a piker if he refused, but all the same he squirmed for a long time before he agreed. Irwin tossed up a quarter, slapped it on the back of his hand, and let Henry make the call. Heads. It was tails. Bloomstein was livid. He scowled at me. You write it. And if I like it, you'll get 1500 If I don't, you get zip. That's the deal. I contemplated this gonad whose personality was that of a goiter and knew I'd probably never see a dime. 2000 and first writer refusal to write the screenplay. My Armani suit was talking. My suit was more confident than I was. I said fifteen hundred and no strings. The vessel in Bloomstein's neck swelled so violently I raised my hands in submission before his head exploded. I didn't care. I was happy. To celebrate, I ordered more champagne and let lovely Veronica cut me a slice of goat cheese pizza with sun-dried tomatoes. When the second bottle of Cristal arrived, Irwin, at my prodding, launched into one of his World War II stories and was soon on a gunboat in the Pacific. The sharks were circling. The commanding officer cracked. Young Irwin took charge. Steady men, fire at will. Kill the yellow bastards. Torah, Torah, Torah. I cheered on the dive-bombing kamikazes, barely able to restrain my leg from brushing against Veronica's. Was Irwin bopping her? No doubt. But did she live in L.A.? Before I could obtain this most pertinent information, I was interrupted by breaking glass. I jerked around to see the last shards of shattered mirrors slide down the wall behind the bar as waiters ran to break up the ensuing scuffle. A direct hit, but not a single Jap in sight. It was Sammy McCoy. Get your hands off me! She owes me an explanation. Then I saw a cowboy hat and knew Sammy had bumped into Miss C&W, a country western singer, who had dropped him for a drummer from Tanya Tucker's band. Sammy broke free from the Mater D and shouted across the dining room, Come on, Talbert, let's blow this dump. Friend, quipped Irwin with a slightly raised eyebrow. An actor, 
I said as if that explained everything, which in my mind it did. Bloomstein was not sympathetic. I was guilty by association, and had committed the heinous crime of sitting next to him in this most hallowed public place. While Henry's head swiveled around the room appraising the damage to his reputation, Miss C&W's cowboy bodyguard swung at Sammy and missed. Sammy grabbed a water pitcher and flung it at the cowboy. A flurry of fists and my buddy disappeared beneath a throng of bodies. I ignored him. Dinner was something I took seriously, and I scarfed down as much food as I could before Bloomstein imperiously ordered, Go! Do something! Now! I tossed down two hundred-dollar bills to cover my tab, and Veronica responded by sticking a daisy in my buttonhole. I asked Erwin how to reach him. The Beverly Hills Hotel. Call in the morning. Sure thing. Then I eased into the fray. Sammy, bleeding from a gash over his right eye, was putting everything into this performance. Not a lot of fine shading, but what he lacked in finesse, he made up with panache. We were shoved out the front door as the sheriff's deputies arrived, and there was a moment of confusion in which McCoy might have gotten away. But no. Sammy wouldn't quit until someone yelled, Cut! Somehow he managed to drag Miss C.N.W. outside with him, and when the paparazzi recognized her, they went into a camera-clicking feeding frenzy. Pop, 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 pop. In the grim aftermath, I'm not sure what depressed Sammy more being cuckolded, or getting cropped out of the photograph that appeared in the Inquirer in which Miss C&W, all hair and nails and lipstick, mugged to the crowd while he was anonymously referred to as an overzealous fan. Knowing Sammy, I'll bet on the bungled publicity opportunity. Maybe it was the champagne or the flower in my...